Wow, what a year and a half it's been. <laughs> Let's face it, after coronavirus and wearing a mask and not wearing a mask and all that that came with that. The world is finally reopening and many of us were left, well, let's say with a pain in our back. <laughs> well, we know someone who makes getting aligned a snap. Well, it's more like a snap and a crack. Snapcrack offers hassle-free chiropractic adjustments for just $29 a visit. No hidden fees and no appointment needed. Just walk in and reap the benefits of their three-step process of the crack, the drop, and the click. Trust us, Good things come in threes. Their clinics even offer monthly memberships for $49 that include adjustments and Snap Boost, which is a vitamin therapy injection. Baja salir nuevo de paquete. <laughs> so visit snapcrack.com today to find the location nearest you and just stop by. You'll be in and out before you know it. And after all, when you feel better, you do better. Hey people, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And, and this, this is season four of Better Let Me Tell You. There's levels to your love. You don't know that song? Is this Patty LaBelle? No, Chico, that's Nick Jonas. Oh. <laughs> Are you serious? I, I don't know that song. You don't know that song? No. Levels, levels. Okay, do you know? Maybe I've heard it and I'm just not recognizing you know the other you song. Because you're so sexy, beautiful. And everybody. Uh, that's does. jealous? Yes. Yes, yes. Well, on that note. Yes. We're not jealous. We're not jealous. Instead, this is episode. I want to say 167. But I could be wrong. Well, everybody, so we're going to check. Welcome to Pero Let Me Tell You. <laughs> Where we've been doing this so long, we don't even know what episode we're on. <laughs> what episode are we on? Are we on episode? We're in 168. 168. Welcome to episode 168. 168. What were you doing 168 weeks ago? No, it's more actually. I was going to say. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Happy Friday. Well, actually, you know what? 100, no, 168 weeks. No. No, because then, you know, we take the, the winters off. That's right. That's true. No, because I was going to say like, oh, it was around my birthday, but no. No. Oh, you shit, your birthday. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> welcome, everybody. Happy Friday. How is everybody doing? I feel like doing? you didn't even realize what date it was, much less that it was my birthday. Why not your birthday? Wait, what are we doing for your birthday? Okay. As of right now, not much because I have tre- I had tremendo catarro. Happy! So it's not, it's, it's his birthday, it. everybody! It's it's your birthday today. It is. It's my birthday. This Pedro Friday is my birthday. Happy yeah. birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Well, no, that's not the one version we should be singing. Uh, uh, Happy birthday uh, to you! Oh, I was gonna go with like Uncle. Was it Uncle Alan Happy birthday to! Oh my God, your birthday landed on a Friday. Yes, your birthday I, landed on a Friday. Wait, what are we doing for your birthday? I don't know. Are we going to another county? I don't know because honestly, like, so the thing is, I, I well, I can Can we at least go to Denny's? Okay. Let's go to Denny's. Go to Denny's. Every listeners, if you're in Miami, still do free like meals or things in Denny's. Birthday, of course, listeners, you if you're in Miami, join us tomorrow at the Denny's on Bird Road in 87. Well, no, not tomorrow because tomorrow I have dinner plans with Jose. But but on Saturday, let's go. It's Sabado. We'll show up. Can you imagine if we just say like everybody show up Saturday, August seventh? 
a Denny's at, at the Denny's on 87th and Bird at like at 9, 9 p.m. Let's <laughs> let's do this. Let's do this. Okay, listeners, our one oh listeners everywhere. You know the ones in Cambodia want to fly yeah, down. Join us at the Denny's <laughs> on Saturday. Look, now we gotta go. Now we gotta go. <laughs> you know what? Yes, that's what we're doing. On Bird Road. <laughs> on Bird Road at 87th. If you're from Miami, you know. Hey, watch out there. The heart of watch out there. Right. At 9 p.m. at Denny's. That would be great. Can you imagine if we get there and it's just like, like a bunch of people just there? And we're like waiting for us. <laughs> I, that's kind of awesome. That would be great. That that's kind great. of awesome. But now, when we go to Denny's, we have to wear a mask again. Yes, we do. So maybe you Cambodian listeners don't want to come to Florida right now. I don't now. blame them. Yeah. So um, our wonderful governor, Desastre. Oh, my God. Don't even start me with that. So, you know. Okay. Okay. Look. We've talked about this whole mask thing here. Right. Right. It is not oppression. You can, um, you know, you can wear it. You cannot wear it. It's all good. Okay, so here's the thing. I've I've always I've always said this, and I, it's one of these things that's hard to explain. Okay, but attempt. I know that wearing a mask is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable at times, right? right? If, if you have glasses, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. You know, whatever. I rather not wear a mask. But it's such a small concession. Right? And like, I'm going to bring in Cuba into the mix here. Ooh. You know why? We're going to double whammy You know it? why? Because Cuba, did you see all these people protesting in Cuba? They all had masks. Yeah. You know why? Because they're protesting about real shit. <laughs> y aquí la gente se botan para la calle to all this bullshit. Oh, I'm not wearing a mask. Pa I'm like, la I'm like, you know why? Because you don't have any other problems. You don't have real problems. You don't have real Quote problems. Quote, unquote. Right? Because if that is what bothers you the most. To your core. Like, you feel so, like, just so touched and so, like, upset about wearing a, a freaking mask. mask. Something that then doesn't you have no cost problems. much. And, oh, my constitutional rights are being taken away. <laughs> you know, because you have to wear a mask. It's like, like, really, this is why we are seen the way we're seen internationally. Because... You know, many times... I think the UK has seen their numbers drop drastically because everybody's gotten vaccinated. Everybody's... Okay. People always say like, oh, you know, why are Americans so disliked across, you know, right, right, right. the cuando, world? Cuando you know, aquí, and why, yeah. why is that, you know, people are like, oh, you know, Americans and their attitude. Right. And it's because of shit like this. Because, for example, other countries around the world, and I don't mean like third world countries. I mean like developed like countries. Like the UK. Right, developed countries, European countries. Okay, the COVID rates are through the roof. They can't get enough vaccinations. You right. know, um, people. I know people that are French that have come here to get to, to. I I was talking to a friend of mine who was Peruvian. That his family from Peru came here to get vaccinated. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And here we're giving out tractors and we're giving oh, out all this stuff on. so people can get vaccinated. Moral of the story, next time that there's one of these pandemic things, you know what? I'm going to hold out on La Vacuna because yeah. now the latest thing is that if you go and get a vaccine, you get entered into like some contest to win tickets for to go see the weekend and for bad Wait, wait what? And for, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So apparently the moral of the story is Nosotros go get vax now I can go see the weekend well you get entered into a contest you get entered into a contest okay that's not fair that's not fair we did the, civ the right did thing the right thing our civic duty and they're like ay que lindo come mierda lo que somos I mean like seriously next time I'm like, waiting do you know how that looks to the rest of the world 
that they have to incentivize us to do something for our own health. Yeah, for the and for the greater good. It's like forget the greater good. Like let, let you know what? Fine. Let, you want to be selfish. Let's 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 remove the greater good argument because clearly that's not an argument that's being listened to. Yeah. It's for your own health. You want to be selfish? Okay, let's talk selfish. It is so you don't catch a disease and die. So you don't wind up in a hospital. And you don't want it? You know what? That's fine. I'm going to wear my mask. You don't want to wear your mask? Don't wear your mask. But when you get sick and you get in the hospital, I don't want to hear about well, so it. So what is it? 98-99% of the people that are in the hospital right now are, are not are vaccinated. unvaccinated. Right. Now, with that said, a friend of mine who is vaccinated, he did ha- he did get COVID again. He, you know, he said it. He's like, listen, actually, my boss, my boss, she got COVID again. She's double vaccinated. You know, again, it can happen. But what she said is like, yeah, I felt like shit, but it was like a really bad cold with a fever. Right. right. She didn't wind up with in a hospital. She didn't wind up in Duala. She didn't wind up anything. You know. (laughs) Anyway. uh You know, and my my question is to these people who look, if you don't want to get vaccinated because you don't believe in vaccines, that's a whole that's a different story scenario and and you know what that's that's a whole other situation right we're not talking about those people we're talking about people who are not going to get this vaccine right these are people who have gotten you know every other vaccine that they've had to get i wonder what is it about this that they feel that if they were to acquiesce it became political right right but if they were to acquiesce that this is something that could kill you that this is a disease that this is a virus do they feel that if they acquiesce that this is a reality they would then have to question so many things in their lives and they're not willing to do that? Yeah, because look, like I, if I was wrong about I don't, this, I, I could don't, be wrong about so many other things. I don't like, believe in the anti-vaxxer phenomenon because that's what it is. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. I don't believe in that whatsoever. But, but, that, pre- but that predated but, this. But, that but right, this. right. But I understand somebody who is for anti-vaxxer or... an anti-vaxxer across the board right, right 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 right. i understand their stance more than other people i support them in a weird way because they're not picking and choosing the right. vaccine whereas other people it's like yeah you have a vaccination for everything right oh no i'm not getting the covid vaccine i'm like yeah i bet you have the polio vaccine i bet you have the riola uh-huh. vaccine i bet you have the chicken pox vaccine La varicela. La varicela. you have all those vaccines doesn't varicela sound like una señora who's totally stalking the centro mesa <laughs> Yeah, so so it's like, oh no, but this vaccine right. you're not getting right because if they again, if they were to submit that this is real, they would. I, I don't know. I guess they have to then question a lot of other things in their life. I don't you know. know what I, I wonder know. sometimes also because they're only harming themselves. You know, what I also day. wonder this whole. I've actually thought about this how we can get back in line to get tickets for the weekend. No, <laughs> maybe maybe Darwin was right. <laughs> And I don't mean Darwin for you at all. From I was, do you know, for a second there, I was like, wait, we've had, we've talked to Darwin a couple times. So. <laughs> Maybe this is natural selection. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. And you know what? Sucks to say, but survival of the fittest, baby. Because I, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. And the, and I think that the attitude of like, oh, I'm not getting vaccinated because nobody's going to tell me what to put in my body <laughs> is such right. an epitome <laughs> of American entitlement, right? Privilege. The, this is, you know, we've talked about this here. There's many types of privilege. Yeah. There's many types of privilege. And while everybody around the world is like freaking literally dying to get a vaccination, here we have to bribe people. 
Like, oh, yeah. Like, I think it was great. West Virginia was giving away tractors. Tractors, people. Tractors. Un tractor. <laughs> I mean, like, literally, it's sad. It's sad that we're at that point where we have to bribe people, like yeah. children, to yeah. do something. And now the whole thing, you know, and, and, and I, it's not even that he's not, I'm not politically affiliated with his party or I am not, I don't care for him him as a governor governor but you know the whole thing now with the governor of like oh because you know um parents should have the the choice the choice of if their kids are going to be wearing a mask really really okay so you're giving so much parent so much power to the parents right Right, because if your kids go to public school they have to be vaccinated for everything else so where's the power of the parents right right if your kids go to public school they have to wear a uniform so where's the power of the parents right Right. So and and then it's a catch twenty two. Right. Let's, and because let's then, not forget. Let's not forget that all of these people who are telling you you don't need a vaccine have been vaccinated because bueno, they all have the vacuna. Bueno, in his defense, he has told people to get vaccinated. Oh, the governor. Well, okay. He has. Okay. He has. He has. Yeah. The whole okay. his whole thing is with a mask, and he like okay. told off Joe Biden this week yeah, yeah, and whatever. And it's like okay. Like again, the whole thing with the mask, and and I'm a parent here, so now people can Night be like, scene, yeah. people can be like, my children, you don't because, have you know, children, like, you don't understand. Like, right. I'm, I'm like, I'm a parent, of a school age child, yes, of a school age child, right? So don't come and give me cuentecito, right? So it's like, okay, okay, so this virus is out there, right? But I'm not gonna put a mask on my kid. A simple mask because I'm trying to prove that I, I'm going to make a point that as I'm an independent thinker, I'm an independent thinker and I should have the autonomy to do with my child what I want, but I really don't. Right. Right. Because again, you have to vaccinate your kids. If they're in public school, they have to meet certain requirements. Right. They have to be vaccinated and they are very strict about that because when Tristan started VPK, we had to give them a, a, like the paperwork with all the vaccines. So they are, this was before COVID. And by the way, when you get into school, you already have a equivalent of a vaccine passport. Right. <laughs> so it's like, oh, so where's the autonomy there? Right. Where's the parent being like, yo, I don't know. Right. No, right. you can't. Because in society, there's, you know, rules. certain rules. Yeah. You know, just like, como dice Kenny Chesney, no shoes, no shirts. No, no service. No problems. Right. If you walk into a place without a shirt or pants or whatever, they can refuse service. I've the been same refused way, many times. The same way they can refuse service if you don't, you know, a wear a mask. So stop it with your whole constitutional arguments that, you know, you have not studied constitutional law. That, that, you know, that's like... I'm just glad that people now have gone back to being, you know, biochemists after they were no, all... No, I'm after, telling you. After they were, after for a, you know, for a minute there, they all became international law scholars. I'm telling Cuba. you, I'm telling you. I, uh, there, there's a friend of mine that him and I are always joking around that he's a pharmacist. And him and I are always joking, you know, the dumbest thing we ever did was, you know, in my case, get a law degree and in his case, get, you know... A pharmacist. A pharmacist. Uh, 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 pharmacology. Um, because... People are like infectious disease experts. Because they read two lines on Wikipedia. Right. Or on Twitter. Right. And legal experts. Right. Just like a couple of weeks ago, everybody became overnight. And I tweeted about this. Experts in Cuban international policy and the embargo. (laughs) Like experts. I mean, they could write a thesis and a dissertation about it. Like experts. Overnight. 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 
People talking about the embargo and about Cuban-American policy like if they freaking wrote the bill. And I'm like, esta fucking gente no saben están cagados. Do you know, do you know when was the time that I really knew how much bullshit people talked online? Because it took you this long? No, because remember... I kind of went through a gap of no social media. Oh, that's true. I didn't really you're, get, you're a little late to the game. I didn't really get into social media until like 2015. And you just got Twitter. Right. And I just got Twitter. <laughs> right. I had I had MySpace. I didn't have Facebook. And then I started Instagram like 10 years later. Right. right. So I'll never forget, and I've seen this story here. I've said this story here a while ago, you know, a hundred some episodes ago. When one time on a relative's, I was like browsing through, I think my father or somebody's phone mm-hmm. and they had Facebook. Okay. Right. And our, somebody that we know, a friend of the family gets a fucking yummy, like he's a, a fucking dumbass, right? And just everything. That's such a quintessential Cuban thing. Generally, he's just a freaking dumbass. Right. Right. You've never met anybody this who was, knows so little this about was so much. During the whole thing with um, <coughs> uh, the kids in cages. Yes, okay. With Trump and all that, mm-hmm. which seems like 20 years ago at this point. And they were talking about the Flores Act. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Right. Everybody became an expert now, on Flores Act, yeah. The Flores Act is like a very, it's almost a very minuscule, like, I don't want to say irrelevant, but it's 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 a it's a piece of law that not a lot of people know about it. And the only attorneys that usually know about it are the ones that work immigration. Right. Right? So it's, it's a subsection of the, the legal. The only reason why I sort of knew the Flores Act was because when I was in law school, you know, they make you work at the clinic. And we had like a case that okay. had to do something with immigration. And I... But I knew the Flores Act. You knew it existed. Right. I knew it existed. I knew kind of what it talked about. But whatever. I went to law school. Like, I studied this, right? You know, you're still I, paying that loan. I have a doctorate's degree in this, right? You know, the highest level of education True. that one can achieve in this, right? And I remember that this fucking Yame, you know, animal that we know was talking about the Flores Act on Facebook. Like, if he had helped draft the legislation, like the, 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 the doc, the um, opinion on it. And I'm like, this is the world we live in. Everybody's this is the world we live in. Everybody's right? an expert. And it's like, everybody's an expert. And it's like, look, if you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. If you don't want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. Right. Pero después, después, don't be shitting and don't be upset when things start to close again. Right. Right. When, when things happen. Right. When things when happen. When the consequences right. of your When actions. things happen right. and right. the rates go spiking up again and when, then, you know, things, we go back mm-hmm. to where we were last year, then don't complain. Then don't complain. The, the least you could do is don't complain. If you don't want to wear your mask because it's violating your constitutional rights, then just don't. But it's like, don't complain. So, whatever. Speaking of American <laughs> entitlement. And God bless the USA. We love the USA. I actually had a conversation today. We just don't always love the people in it. <laughs> no, it's just that, look, I think that, and I've always thought about this. I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of forms of of privilege and of entitlement, and I think that as Americans, you know, thankfully we are a quote unquote developed nation. We are a developed nation, but I think that and that affords us a certain perspective that we take for granted. Exactly, perfectly said, mm-hmm. perfectly said. And sometimes it comes across as entitled, right? You know, because again, when most countries around the world are scavenging for vaccines, I can we have to give somebody a tractor <laughs> so they could go get vaccinated. 
<laughs> but anyway, so I actually, uh, I, I had a conversation today actually with someone. It's the most hillbilly version from of Price somebody, is Right. And I thought this was really interesting. Okay. So I was having a conversation with somebody who, um, after college, she kind of wasn't sure what to do. And she went to China mm-hmm. for about three years. Three years, wow. And she taught English to Chinese kids. Oh, wow. That's right? cool. So obviously she was very into the culture and she really got to know Chinese culture right. and Chinese people and all that. And it's interesting because she t- she told me that the three things you couldn't talk about were uh, uh, Tiananmen Square, okay, Taiwan, and Tibet. So much teas. Yeah, the three teas. You couldn't talk about that. You could. You, she's like, I had autonomy to talk about almost everything, but those are the three things you couldn't talk about. Wait, wasn't three T the name of the boy group of Michael Jackson's nephews? No, sir. But Cleopatra was signed to Maverick. That's true, and they were coming at you. Yeah, but anyway, um, whoever got that <laughs> reference, damn. Um. So I asked her, oh my God, like, what was it like? Yeah. What was it like? Like, what, what was like, what they talked to you the most that they wanted to know about you being an American? What and part of the US is she from? She's from here. Oh, okay. okay, okay, okay. Here. Um, and you know what she tells me? She told me that time and time again, she was there for three years. See, so not one time. Right. right. Like the students would ask her, she's like, I got this question all the time. If she had ever seen or witnessed or been part of, a shooting. Really? Yeah. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. Because they think that we live in the wild, wild west over here that, you know, there's wow. all these like shoot, like mass shootings I everywhere. I mean, all things aside though, that there is also, you have to consider China does control all of the media. So God knows how they filter things. That is true. Through. That is true. But I mean, we I mean, know. That's, that's what I'm saying. We know without having to get into, we don't have to get into the conversation right, about Second right. Amendment and about right, 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 gun right. rights. But the United States is a country with the most mass shootings. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm saying that being what it is, I also wonder what kind of... Because in Europe, they think the same thing. That is true. They think the same thing. And I thought that was like really interesting. That like Sad. I guess I see it from an American perspective. I'm like, that's not what I would ask. But then again, I'm an American. Right, like, right. You know. I'm sure what you would ask them, they would right. not, they wouldn't dawn on them. To, right, yeah. right. I thought that was daunting. Like, really? Like, that's, that's crazy. That I love to see, and listeners, if you ever have time, this is actually hilarious. I love to see, it's mostly Europeans, mm-hmm. um, but I guess there's some Asians too, but like people that are not from here, right? like document their trips when they come to the US for the first time, right? Okay. And they see like American staples. Like I love it because like the, I'll never forget that there was this video of this girl that came to the U.S. and she was like documenting her experience and she went to Walmart and she's like, "Why does anybody need five pounds of mayonnaise?" <laughs> <laughs> and then there was I think it was that same video that the girl was like, "In America, why are car dealerships so patriotic?" And I was like, "Better than that." Like, I never thought about that. I'm like it's so true. Like here, it doesn't matter where. Like there's a big old flag, and it, no, there's hundreds of flags. No, no, but I'm saying there's, there's, there's like, always like one huge American flag, and then the banners, the size of a building, right? And then the and banners, then the other, yeah, yeah Ameri- like the smaller ones. And I'm like, yeah, that's so true because it's like it's filled with American flags, even like foreign cars. It's just that's true. You could be at a BMW dealership, right? <laughs> It could be a Toyota. It's filled with you know headquarters. Toyota is filled with flags. You see it driving through the Palmetto, like. You know, oh my 
It's so interesting. That. I love it. I love watching those videos when they go, especially to like Walmart. Yeah, nobody needs five pounds of mayonnaise. Yeah, or like, wow, there's so many cleaning products. <laughs> like, you know, like it, it's it's just really interesting because it's it's things that we don't even think about, and then we don't understand why people yeah have a perspective we don't. Yeah, yeah. It's like really, and it's it's like who needs who needs such a big tub of country crock. <laughs> I, I don't know why the thought of a giant country crock tub yeah. just seems like. <laughs> That's a lot of margarine. That is a lot of margarine. But somehow we go through it like in a zippy and then put black beans in it. At least we we upcycle it. No, that is true. At least we upcycle. That is true. You know, that's why we need that's why we need it because we need somewhere to put lo frijole. Right. <laughs> I'd be so upset when like we would run out of butter and my mom would buy like country crock. I'm like it's not butter. La margarina. It doesn't taste the same. And then she would buy the she wouldn't even buy country crock. She would buy the one with the blue bonnet. Blue bonnet. It's our meat That's mom. what it's called, blue bonnet. I'm like, it's not good. I grew up eating margarine. My grandmother would always, like, for breakfast, whenever we would stay at her house, it was always like, you know, oh, con, con jelly y margarina. Uh huh. Although sometimes I think she bought butter, but she still called it margarina. Well, well yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure what I Yeah, ate. that's like we called Country Crock Montequilla <laughs> and we called Pepsi Coke. <laughs> How did we not grow up more confused? <laughs> I mean, in my house, they do that all the time. My mom buys whatever is on sale. Eso sí. Yeah? Eso if, sí. It's pe- it's, if it's Coke, it's Coke. But if it's Pepsi, it's Coke. Just day? like all le- all clear lemon sodas are 7-Up. Or no, oh, Ebrai. 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 It's easier to say Ebrai. Yeah, Ebrai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, it's not Sierra Mist. <laughs> I thought the other day, I wound up buying oat milk, which I don't like, just because, because I had a $2 off coupon at Publix. <laughs> and I was like, fine. <laughs> I can't do the oat milk. I don't like it. It tastes like like cereal bowl. I do cow milk. I like almond milk. I can do almond milk. I can do soy. Uh, but why? Like, I understand for people that are lactose intolerant or, or have an allergy or whatever. Whenever I have dairy products lately, I get very phlegmy. Okay, now you're telling our listeners too much. So, <laughs> Well, no, because if they're going to show up at Denny's, they should not have to bring me blocks yeah. of cheese. <laughs> okay, or be like it's not Madonna who loathes who loathes hydrangeas. hydrangeas. Oh my god, we saw hydrangeas. Yet. Where were we the other day? There were somebody was like, "Oh, are those hydrangeas?" And I'm like, "Oh no, I hope Madonna's not around." <laughs> so this listener is some years ago. Madonna was at a press conference, and like a fan comes up to her and brings her like this bouquet of hydrangeas. It was una arreglo there. Yeah, and then it was one of those hot mic moments where she didn't yeah. realize she was still mic'd and she looked at the person next to her she's like I loathe like she said it with like much angst she's like I loathe hydrangeas and I'm like who the hell hates hydrangeas how do you have such a strong feeling about hydrangeas like such a pretty flower I wonder how she feels about masks masks <laughs> well because if you feel that strongly about hydrangeas I'm sure she has a very strong opinion about wearing a mask Oh, whoa, those masks. I was thinking about the movie. I'm like, with Cher? Yeah. <laughs> Mira that they used to put that movie on TV a lot. 33, all the time. Always, every Sunday. And now, like, you can't find it anywhere. Anywhere. And I used to be scared of that movie. Yeah. Pobrecito. Pobrecito we'll Rocky. Him. That was Eric Roberts, I think. No, Eric Stoltz. I was going to say, Julia Roberts' brother played that. It was an Eric. I want to say Eric Stoltz. Oh my gosh, you know what was funny? Um, a couple of days ago, shout out to my neighbor if if you guys are hearing this. The other day, my neighbor was like, Oye, pero let me tell you. And I'm like, Oh, you discovered your neighbor the podcast. Like here? Yeah, my neighbor next door. Oh, like, oh, 
you discovered the podcast. And they're like, yeah, we you, we saw your speech about Cuba that went viral. And then we started following you. Why didn't you ever tell me about the podcast? And I'm like, because I don't go around telling people I have yeah. a podcast. Were you supposed to do it at like a block party? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. Now you're going to know. <laughs> You can't talk about your neighbors. Yeah. No, but I like these neighbors. Um, but yeah. But that is not... That was good. But to this day... Like, the best was the, still the cop. This cop. So a couple, a couple of years ago, listeners... Some of you may I remember we had this. like just started the podcast, the Prox. Like it was, it was Yeah. Um, I was involved in a... Well, I really wasn't involved in a fender bender. There was an accident with two other cars and... You one were of them, collateral damage. I was really. collateral damage. So I had to like wait there till the police came and... Because my car wasn't really the damaged one, and I had I didn't do had to do with the actual accident. Um, they got to me last, whatever. So finally, after like an hour and a half, the cop comes to me and he's like, "Look, I'm so sorry that you had to." I remember it was the academy, the night of the Academy Awards, and I had just gotten out of McDonald's, and I had gotten a couple of cheeseburgers and an ice cream. Needless to say, by the time that was over, the ice cream was a milkshake. Yeah, right. Soup. So I was like, "Whatever," and. You know, he's like, oh, let me put your information in the police report. And I give him my driver's license. He's like, Daddy and Kisu. He's like, do you go by DJ? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, from Pero Let Me Tell You. And I'm like, well, yes. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God, man, I love your podcast. And I'm like, wow, here I am in this situation <laughs> where I'm waiting to have my name in a police report. And the cop is talking to me about the podcast. Like, that's great. That's great. Uh, now, if you'll only give me a discount on a cruise or an airline. Or if it could get you like a exclusive stadium tour. Or that, but yeah. <laughs> well, so listeners, this week we have, as you know, the last couple of weeks, we have been very much about, you know, Cuba and SOS Cuba. You think so? A little bit. Um, so this week, our guests are the hosts of a podcast. It's Carmen and Frida. The podcast name is Take It Easy. And they actually just ended, I believe, their second season. Um, we talked to them actually, you know, it, it was it was before the, um, the the protests began in Cuba. But what's interesting is that you know these are two girls who who obviously they live in the U.S. but they were born in Cuba. One of them, um, you know, came stayed in Guantanamo and all of that. So they have really had very lived experiences in terms of what it is to be in Cuba, and their show really takes you through that experience and so much so that the latest step, the latest season, they have even talked about things like the San Isidro. Isidro I can't say it. San, San Isidro. San Isidro. I wanted to say Isidorio. San Isidro movement, as well as you know other um, other things that have been happening on the island. So, without further ado, we're gonna hand it over to our interview with the girls from Take It Easy Podcast. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is DJ, and I am back with Mark and Vince from Snapcrack. And today in the Beto Snapcrack Health segment, we're going to talk a little bit about vitamin therapy. And that is a new uh, service that Snapcrack is offering. So Mark and Vince, thank you so much for being back. Um, so tell us a little bit about the vitamin therapy that you guys are offering. Well, the vitamin therapies that we're offering are intramuscular injections. Uh, they're great. We call them Snap Boost Injections. You know, figure it out. Boost, snap, it's our name. I think that was my Injection. Idea. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> no, it was your idea. <laughs> but anyway, we're offering um, uh, intramuscular injections, usually in the glutus, by a nurse. Uh, it's not the chiropractor. It's, uh, it's important to know. And um, we offer vitamin C, zinc, 
zinc is known, and C, they're both great as a combination for, for immune system, immune system uh, health. So it promotes, you know, it doesn't, it's not a guarantee it's going to uh, boost your immune system, but it does. It does, uh, it, it's been, you know, studies have shown that your immune system gets, gets uh, improved because of the intake of zinc and vitamin C, especially when you do them uh, intramuscularly. We offer B-complex, B12, B7, glutathione, which is a, a, a powerful antioxidant. It's great for the liver. And, of course, the hangover cocktail. The hangover cocktail is a combination of uh, the glutathione with vitamin B12. So this hangover cocktail, is it really what it says? So you're a little hungover uh, the morning after, and you could come in, no appointment, and, and have these? This injection? Well, right now, the, the injections, you, you don't need an appointment, but we do offer them on Tuesdays and Thursdays, depending on the locations. But please check our website. Mm -hmm. we're on, we're on, it's on the website, the Snapcrack mm -hmm. website. So, people, before you get a hangover, make sure that they're available the next day. <laughs> um, so, you talked a little bit, you know, we're, we're talking here about injections. And, you know, a lot of people may think, well, but, you know, they have all these vitamins that I could buy already uh, at the store, vitamin C. You know, uh, we have a plethora uh, of different vitamins that are available uh, in pills. So talk to us a little bit about the difference or the advantages of having a vitamin shot uh, versus uh, just sticking a regular old pill. Well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything uh, wrong about the pills. It's actually good to take the pills, take them on a regular basis, but you do have to know that the absorption rates are very low uh, in comparison to, to a shot. So it's good to do both. I recommend to do both, especially since uh, you won't have uh, you know, if you need to take a vitamin, it's good to just take it. vitamin C orally is great. You know, the D vitamins are very good. Um, the E vitamins are very good to take orally. And so, you know, to say that one's better than the other. Yeah. One's more effective if you have the access to it on a daily basis, but it's good to take it at home when you have easy access at home. It's not bad for you. Uh, to take it home. I hope I answered that question. Yeah. So let's say, you know, for a lot of us who want like better skin, better nails and better hair, you offer something for that. So tell us a little bit about, about that service, about that vitamin. Uh, biotin is great. Uh, and it's great in combination with uh, vitamin C. Vitamin C is great as a, as, as a combination with any one of the vitamins because uh, it actually promotes uh, collagen health. Um, which is really, really important. It's good for your immune system. Uh, and it also acts as a vehicle. So it combines better. Your body absorbs things better when you take it along with vitamin C. So when somebody wants to come and have one of these um, services, they just come in, you said no appointment. And how long does the process usually take? Uh, for the vitamins, it takes, uh, if you're a new patient, it's uh, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes max. Uh, if you're uh, an established patient um, or a member, um, established member, uh, it'll take about five minutes. You know, you're in and out in no time. As long as it takes uh, to receive a shot, just cool. let the let the nurse know what you like. Yeah. Cool, <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, Mark and Vincent. You heard that here, listeners. You can have all the vitamins that they offer. Um, you can come in and and have them in just a few minutes. And of course, if you want more information on these services and more, make sure to check out Snapcrack.com. Because remember, when you feel better, you do better. And welcome back, listeners. Now, as we mentioned, with us today, we have the hosts of, and I'm just going to go ahead and say this, one of my favorite new podcasts. They caught me from episode one. 
and not just because they're Miami girls. So obviously, you know, you know what that means. We have two new primas. That's just how this how this rolls. Okay. Yeah. So with us, we have Carmen and Frida, the hosts or co-hosts of the Take It Easy podcast, which love the name. I love the name. Congrats on that alone. Damn it. Welcome. Welcome. Damn it. Let, me you. Let me tell you. Pero thank you. you. Pero thank you. Ay, qué honor. And, and, and you, you will become primas. We have we have an aunt, Aunt Martha Darby. Yep. Um, oh, yo, she told me how to make pastelitos. Her internet, like basically her post on the internet taught her how to make pastelitos. I, I lived with Carmen for a little bit, like a good amount, and I was so well fed. But Carmen <laughs> made pastelitos occasionally. <laughs> And they were just warm and creamy and delicious. And it was, what, was it Martha's recipe this whole it time? It was Martha's recipe yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Of course oh, it's Martha's so, recipe. Have, have you guys met her? No. <laughs> but so, we did reach out to her. So maybe she'll like, you know, So she, um, we interviewed her. I guess this will be a little segue. We interviewed her uh, season one. She was actually, I would say, I don't know, maybe she in our first 10 interviews. She's definitely uh, she, one of the first guests. She, she's one of the first guests that we did. Mm. And you know when you have an instant connection with someone that, like, you feel you've known them forever? Yes. That's how we felt when we got off the, you know, the interview with her. So in 2019, we did a series of episodes called Better Let Me Tell You Goes West. And we went to L.A. and we went on a podcast over there, Atlanta Keep It Presents, and we met a bunch of people, including Martha. And she for was first time amazing. For the first time in person, she was amazing, amazing. Like, that's it. She was family. And then a few months later, she came down here to Miami and we hosted her. And, like, I mean, it was just a great – she she is one of the most amazing people we have ever met. That is I mean, her presence, even online, is just, like, very warm. So She she is that person. But, you know what? As much as we love Martha, let's talk about you, ladies. Because, honestly, I'm thinking, like, as as I've been listening to your show and and listening to your story, the vibe I get from you guys, and one of the reasons I, I wanted to have you on, not just because I, you know, we love what you do, but... I get the vibe that you guys are kind of like a slightly younger female version of us. You guys have known each other forever. You yeah. vibe off of each other. You know, you finish each other's sandwiches. It's, um, you know, and, 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 and I think, you know, I vibed with that. But one of the things I, I really loved is you, the start of your show really was about taking us into who you guys were. So I want to take a step back and ask, where did this come from? Like what said, what, what did you guys say? What made you guys say, or like, let's do a podcast. Uh, where do we start Frida? Well, I think we start with, like you said, our friendship is a friendship that is like known each other for a very long time. We lived together for some time. And I think that uh, we endured a lot of ridiculous things happening to us in New York City, living together with the some terrible, terrible roommates and more. And Carmen and I always found a way to go into other spaces and make light of all the stuff that was happening to us. And I think that any time that Carmen and I would go and tell stories to other people together, we found we were having like the time of our lives, that they were just like, why don't you have a show? And we were like, we don't know, but maybe someday we'll come up with something because we're both pretty creative people, also nerds. Like, we like storytelling, we like research, all of that. And so um, so I guess that answers, like, the like we've had it in our minds for a while that, like, we'll do something together. 
Um, but as for this podcast, I feel like, Carmen, you want to finish my sandwich? Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it was this past summer in July. We had all this time on our hands because pandemic. And then also Frida had moved to Atlanta. And I remember, Frida, like we need the one thing we have an authority on is this being in this Cuban-American space. Um, and, and we should really, you know, it started off as something not so, we didn't have so much conviction. It started off as like a, an afterthought, just something we mentioned. And, and then we were like, wait, but like, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then we had so many stories coming up and, and also like, you know, honestly, if we both take a step back, Carmen, you, you and I have been talking forever about your story coming to this country and spending time in Guantanamo and trying to find some way to be able to tell that story. And I have been bombarded my entire life by like my parents and all of their stories. And so at some point when we did find that this was an outlet, like it was like, you know, it was like a pressure cooker that we finally had some pressure to let off. We were like, oh my God, we have so much we have to talk about. Batman can have his origin story told like 17 times on film. You guys can definitely do it once on a podcast. Um, <laughs> that's really what I felt was so compelling. Like you really did hook me in. It was it, This wasn't just like, oh, we're just going to get together and talk about things and, and, and you know, occasionally mention Bancuano. There was there seemed to be like a real <laughs> basis of like, this is going to be rooted in who we are. And here is what that means. Um, mm -hmm. And I love the fact that you, you you brought in your parents like in the episodes to, to talk. Like, honestly, can we have a spinoff? I'm just saying, putting it out there into the universe. <laughs> they, you know, but because it, it gives it that credibility that it's not just two people talking about like, well, I'm Cuban American, and I'm Cuban American, and we all have different experiences with what that means, and and, mm -hmm. and to really do that deep dive and the history of it, because you ladies came to this country when you were very young, you yes. know. What I mean, so, but to hear your parents talk about what that meant, and it, it colored who you are. How old were you when you when you came? Um, so I was four. Yeah, and I was nearly four. <laughs> so, do you guys remember? Yes. Yeah, I, think, I yeah. think that gives it a, an interesting perspective because a lot of us who um, are, you know, do similar things like for, you know, we talk, obviously, a big part of our podcast is the Cuban, Cuban-American experience, but Ish was born here and I came when I was a year old. So we have no memory whatsoever of what that means. Yeah, and even uh, my parents came here when they were like 12 and 9. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it's a very different experience even from that angle so you guys you know at three and four you you remember stuff so what are some of the things that you remember of living in cuba i mean <laughs> even it's not a lot but you have a perspective even if, as a kid that very few of us you know that most of us don't have yeah i mean so um I'll, I'll i'll just start by saying that like i left when i was four but i got a refresher course at seven and another one at ten because like i came i went back you know oh, and okay. so so like in all of that like i can't be sure how much of it is my four-year-old memory or the the kind of like i revisited the same home i lived in or the homes i lived in the people i saw and everything when i was seven and when i was 10 so like all in all my memories at least when i was really really young was of just having a lot of freedom actually to run around and be myself and my parents not batting an eye because when we came to this country if any of you are familiar with this kind of attitude of like Cuban parents being really scared of violence and more coming into this country and I know that my my parents like they just let me run around 
And so for me, my memory was just feeling like this is a place where I can be a kid. And so that was my perspective, like as a kid. And I, of course, remember, I remember some family members and I remember like living in a house. I was raised in a house that has in La Habana, in El Vedado, that has three different floors. And it it started off just being one floor. And the additional two floors were built by my family to accommodate like different generations because like you can't go and like rent another apartment. You all just have this home that you have to work with. And so I remember being in that home with like many floors and like a thousand people. Like so, and that makes so that's, sense. A, that's a bit of that. That's, that makes sense. That's if kind you, of a bit of that. Attitude. Listen, yeah. if Cubans can turn a garage into a two bedroom efficiency, they can build another floor on a, yeah. okay, a mansion. Yeah, they can yeah. build another floor. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's the same, the same technique applies in an exilio. It's, it's just vertical. Yeah, yeah. So those are those are some memories. Definitely I have a um one last thing is I have a just a huge family on my mom's side and so like just having lots of cousins and having family, um, I remember is something I really only experienced in Cuba. In the United States, I was an only child without family, so I felt pretty lonely. And so, like, that's kind of the kind of contrast I experienced when I was young. Um, I, I know now that, like, you know, growing up in Cuba, I, I'm still glad. I'm gl- very, very, very glad I did not grow up in Cuba. But I do miss the, the, all the family I kind of lost out, like, missed out on. How about you, Miss Frida? Carmen. Carmen, sorry. <laughs> It's okay. You know what? Same do thing. not worry. Look at like we do not have names here. It's just to take it easy. I know. You know what? You yeah. know. You know what it is that it, it's just that when I hear both of you speak, you have as our one of our greatest representatives, Lucy Lopez says that Miami accent that's like candy. So you know, I just I just hear that that candy just going over my ear, and so you know. Yeah, I I sometimes can't tell the difference when I'm editing. Like who? Like I can't tell the difference between Carmen and my voice sometimes. So I get it. I can because every time I hear myself, I want to cry. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, but my memories, yeah. So the things that I remember are really mundane. They're like little kid things, you know. I remember where the furniture was. I remember the layout of the apartment where I lived in. I remember that there were stars everywhere every single night because there was no electricity. But I don't remember the non-electricity part. I just remember the stars. Um, And I remember that my dad had a green bicycle and that we had a big-ass fish tank and he, oh my God, comiendo un cable, going like eight miles to a well to go get water because he loved those fish. <laughs> he wouldn't even do that for you. <laughs> no. And I remember the green eating bike. a cable. <laughs> eating a cable is the thing, yeah. He, and I remember the green bike because he would be like, vamos niña. And then he would mount me on the bike and then we would go with two buckets on each handle. We would go get water for the fish and we'd do this all day. <laughs> like just like stuff like that that I remember but other than that I don't remember too much more oh I remember I had my favorite snack was boniato oh my god really boniato a las 3 de la tarde de merienda ay que rico por favor so um so in in listening to your episodes you are like 40 Carmen you are like officially 40 years old I was not expecting her to be like una merienda de un boniato like that's so like I, and I love how Cubans also say uh, malanga. To me, malanga is the plant. But there is like also, I don't know, uh, okay. like, yeah, a yam based something no, no, that's no. malanga. Confession time. I didn't know malanga was a plant 
up until actually you were there up until a couple of years ago when you were like oh that's the malanga and i'm like that's where it comes from and you're like no dumbass that's the malanga plant and i was so like you know, oh you know malanga, like uh, what is it like, the root the, the root, the, the, the root, root yeah. vegetable, but you didn't know malanga the plant i didn't know that that was but a, I, no. look to be honest i don't know what the malanga plant looks like i only know what the root vegetable looks like you've, seen, malanga, you've seen the malanga plant you just didn't know that that was Wait, its by name the way, I didn't know. By the way, we had an episode of, we had an episode of better let tell you where we were like la malanga and we're like how do you say malanga in english malanga isn't that like pothos the yeah. plant oh i didn't know i didn't know what it was hold on is it this one guys i might have one in my apartment because i'm a true cuban <laughs> is it that one it's a una malanga. That's a malanga plant. <laughs> are you serious carmen i i napped under that plant like a thousand times you so you had an intimate experience with the malanga <laughs> I'm just saying that you guys should have an episode about malangas. I mean, <laughs> is it a root vegetable? Is it a decorative plant? Is it something so, to nap under? We don't know. You know what? <laughs> you know what we might do? Viandas as an entire umbrella. Like, que una vianda. Like, we do not know vegetables as Cubans. We know viandas, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like all of those things, yuca, malanga, boniato. And like... it's, it's, it's funny, you know, we're kind of laughing at it, but I have um, my offices in Hialeah, which, you know, is another other world, um, another other country. Yeah. And, um, the, you know, instead of the ice cream man, pasa el viandero. Viandero, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, That's such a like... El afilador. It, it, oh my god. Oh, the afilador, do you, it's so annoying the sound that the afilador oh makes my every god. time pass by. Let, let me tell you about el afilador. Okay, so I'm, we're from Kendall. We're, we're from Kendall. Hialeah mm -hmm. was an afterthought. Hialeah, I had an Anna Hialeah that we went to visit once a year and darted and left. You know, so I didn't really <laughs> get to know Hialeah until I started working in Hialeah about 10, 12 years ago. And one day I'm there in my office and I hear this weird sound. And it was like, afilador. And I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, I come out of my office to my assistant. I'm like, what is that? It's like, el afilador de tijera. And I'm like, el afilador de tijera. Like, I'm thinking small. I'm like, nobody sharpens your scissors? Like, and I did not know. It's like the most niche thing ever, you know? <laughs> but in Cuban world, it's like a big thing. Everybody knows el afilador. So Absolutely. I, I just thought it was so interesting. It's so funny. <laughs> Yeah. So actually, back to the question I wanted to ask. <laughs> so, what question? So, you know, you guys, in, in listening to some of your episodes, you know, you have, like, an episode of El Periodo Especial. You have, like, about um, La Gachina. What I really like is that you guys, in every episode, have, obviously, something to learn. And, as you know, that, that to me, is very important because we try on our show to, you know, our motto is listen, laugh, and learn. So... You know what? What? What is the process you guys go through? Um, because I feel that within the Cuban diaspora, there's so much. Yes, there's so much. And when you see, oh, they're talking about this, it's obvious. But at the same time, when you sit down and try to figure out, like, okay, how do you go through that process of we're going to do a, a show on this topic? Yeah. So the first season we based entirely on the concept of identity. We knew that that was the first thing that we wanted to establish. So everything in that season had to do 
with something that meant to us in terms of identity as the larger umbrella topic. And so that's obviously where, you know, we thought about, hey, what's it like communicating with our family in Cuba? Because we do that. And our origin stories or like our immigration stories, if you will. Um, and then everything else was just kind of like stuff that's so at the root of our entire experience, like eating food. Because even outside of Miami, the first thing anybody asks us is where's the best Cuban food? Or I know a great spot I want to take you to. And spoiler alert, I always hate it. Don't invite me. Sorry. You want to invite me in Miami? I'm down. Outside of Miami? Sorry. But like stuff like that, that's where we're coming from every single time. We ask ourselves, like, what is at the center of the overarching theme that we're trying to address? Yeah, and I think that um, some of our episodes, like a lot of our episodes have definitely started off as like one topic and morphed into something more specific. Actually, our episode where we end up talking a lot about like Cuban parties, it started off because Carmen... (laughs) Because Carmen and I wanted to definitely make sure to address at some point things that make us feel distinctly Cuban, like distinctly Cuban. And so we ended up having like a very long like pre like conversation where we were just bantering. And that's not usually how I think we come up with the subject matter. But when it came to something like something silly like party um, and something that didn't require too much research, We ended up just having this long, long conversation and realizing that we spent like 20 minutes talking about parties. And then we hammered it down that we were going to talk about like the experience from start to finish, getting ready and be able to work in a bunch of different things like like clothing and and perfume and domino and dancing and instruments. And so as much as possible. Yeah. So so you guys are living in New York and Atlanta? Yes. So I'm in Atlanta. In a closet, and um, <laughs> okay, Harry Potter, <laughs> best compliment ever. Okay, I used to work at the Johnny Rockets at Dolphin Mall, and I remember the day that Frida walked into my Johnny Rockets dressed completely by herself, completely in like Hermione wear. Was it Hermione? <laughs> I don't even know. And I was dressed orders, as Hermione. Okay, she orders herself a burger and a shake, and then sat there by herself, and then went to go watch the movie by herself in her full-on cloak Ooh. and her little. And I'm like, I love her. So so what I wanted to ask you was, since you both, you know, are not living in Miami at the moment, mm-hmm. and both Isha and I have lived outside of Miami, you know, what do you think it is that outside of South Florida, with the exception of New Jersey, they can never get, like, Cuban food right? I think it's a mix of all of that, but I also really think that it's, uh, you know, you are you have to look around and see who they're catering to. Because let me tell you, if they were catering to actual Cubans, eso no pasa. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So here's the thing, like the majority of Cuban places in New York City are going to taste a lot more like Puerto Rican and Dominican. Yeah. So the question is, who are they catering to people who are actually looking for more Puerto Rican and Dominican style food, which is so, so close to Cuban food, but isn't quite, you know, you can tell the difference. But I think that answers that answers the question. It's just like, maybe it works out in Miami and Union City because there are Cubans there. <laughs> no, I was going to say in a lot, a lot of these things that we consider Cuban are actually actually cuban american or developed in america like what if like imagine you know if if we ever do right go back to cuba and we're just like presenting an item or talking about something they'll be like the what and it turns out it's a miami thing so it turns out like we've actually developed a lot within like 
certain spaces and like the enclave that Miami is and then you go out of it and you're expecting it but you're like hold on this turns out to be a Miami thing or a Tampa thing so I think that's a pretty cool thing that also has happened oh, I love I love it when a discourse just you know naturally organically happens and that <laughs> that ladies and gentlemen is probably why they were recently featured in the New York Times <laughs> oh yeah. No 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 no. Don't 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 get all shy, you know, like no no no. no own no. It. Okay, 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 okay. Own it. You ladies were okay. featured in the New York Times as one of the I'm gonna butcher the headline, but it's like one of the, the, the new upcoming, you know, podcasts to to check out, essentially. Clearly I could not write for the New York Times with verbiage <laughs> like that. I just gotta ask, what did that feel like? Cause it's the Times. I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh my God. I was at work and I'm like working. Right. And then suddenly I get, we have a Slack channel that we like basically spend all day on. And suddenly I start getting notifications Carmen, from the Slack we channel. Have no, we don't spend all day on it. We spend work on our, all day on our work <laughs> our Slack jobs. channels. Yes. <laughs> so Slack starts blowing up and I'm like, oh my God, but what's happening? And I go over there and Frida's like, Carmen, Carmen, Carmen. And I'm like, what? And she's like, the New York Times. And I like look at the email and I'm like, oh my God, how how nice. Like that's what she's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And I'm like, go for a walk, I'll handle it. Like <laughs> Yeah, I was I was basically just like freaking out because like just a, a woman from the New York Times is just like, Can we include your your full names? We know you're Carmen and Frida. And I'm just like, Carmen. So that's how it started. And yeah, and then it got published and it just feels it feels amazing because we have not been doing this for very long, um, not at all. But um, for for one reason or another, like there are people listening to this and following along with the story, and um, they're hooked on the story, and they're interested in our voices and in our storytelling. And I just like I don't know. It was just pretty pretty cool to see that it's not something you expect no. to happen but I think something else that happened was just like you know someone talked to someone who talked to someone like someone shared with someone who was able to share with someone and someone in the New York Times was able to listen to our podcast like when it comes down to it someone listened and they liked it and and we got lucky too so you know yeah it, it's very validating I think is what that all means it's very validating because <laughs> a lot of work goes into this stuff and it's one thing for you to be like, oh, this is fun and I'm having a good time. And then your mom listens and she's like, ay, que maravilla. And then another thing is for like the New York Times to be like, oh, hey, what's up? You know what I mean? It's. <laughs> yeah. Although how great would it have been if they had just like quoted your mom in the article? Just been like, you know, her mom says, ay, que maravilla. And that's it. Like would have ended there. Yeah, exactly. That would have been the That would have been great. That should have been it. <laughs> well, as we wrap up, I just, you know, I'm, I'm going to put you ladies on the spot. Okay, now we know that you end every episode with a Cubanism. As we wrap up, what Cubanism do you think would be best to to end with on on this episode? Yo, Carmen has been collecting them because she's watching Que Pasa USA right now. So oh, yeah, the Holy Grail. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know. Oh bueno, pues para poner la lata para pomo, menos mal que no metimos la buchareta. <laughs> All right, now, in, now in, the, in, the, explain? in the tradition of your Cubanism, now let's explain and translate. Yo, Carmen, can you even translate this right now? <laughs> Help me. <laughs> to put the top on the bottle. On the bottle. We stick in the big spoon. No, Carmen, that sounds really... I think, Carmen, are you just saying this? And you didn't... 
Clearly. We- <laughs> Did you I, just hear I, this on I, Que Pasa USA? No, but this is also stuff people say. I oh, know, I've heard that all growing oh, no, she up. Froze. All my life growing up, I heard. No metas la cuchareta. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah no, but I, 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 so, all the time. <laughs> so it means like. What, did you have a better one, Frida? Go, go for it. No, I don't have a better one. I'm over here trying to. I'm over here trying to yeah. like explain what it means. So I guess you know. So, oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I don't know. Can I take a stab at it? Yes. Okay. Please. Go for it. So basically, it's like you know, after all is said and done, we hope we didn't screw it up. No. Yes. I mean, in the yeah. co- in the context yes. that you were using it, because no metas la cuchareta means don't get involved. Like, don't you know, stay, keep your nose out of it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. in this context, I, I think it's a little more. You know, hope we didn't screw it up. Broad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we hope we didn't like mete, no metimos la pata. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, yeah. I think it's yeah. like you didn't mess up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's a lot of metiendo cosas en otras cosas y sacando cosas de otras cosas. Like, there's just a lot yeah. going on here. But <laughs> I'm sure Wait, that says something about our culture. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, know oh what's, you know what's what's really bad? Like, I just thought about it. It, it has a profanity. Cuando madre de de callar no valen I've never heard that one. Hold on. Tell me. What? Say it again. Cuando oh, wait, porque en... cuando come guayaba verde, you're going to cagar, for sure, 100%. Uh, for real, that's what's been doing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so my God, like, Carmen, lay off. So it's like, when 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 the sea's going to take a shit, it doesn't matter. A green guayabas don't matter. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Am I, am I, um, is it the opposite? Green guavas definitely constipate you, actually. Yeah. I know yeah. because my mom totally has a story of having. Oh my God, am I really going to say this? When she was. <laughs> no, young, no, 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 she no, ate it a bunch is. of green guavas and then she had to get her, like, stomach pumped and everything because, like, she couldn't, she, she couldn't poop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why do Cubans have so many digestive tragedies that come out of stupidity guava yeah because it's delicious when i was a kid i used to drink guava juice and you know the point you know (laughs) (laughs) oh my god God. well i guess on that note um, (laughs) on that note Thank you Ooh, again, ladies, note. for for stopping by. And you know, again, guys, listen to the the Take It Easy podcast. It's spelled just how I said it. Um, you know, which is, <laughs> which, unless well, you're on Gringo and you're like Thai Carizi. <laughs> that sounds like a restaurant. Like, what are you in the mood for? I'm in the mood you for know Thai when, when, when you look at the name of the podcast, like without like putting any context into it, I, I thought it was like something Polynesian, like I, you know, Hawaiian. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> like Tahiti. Yes. You know, yes. I yes. yes. <laughs> uh, but again, ladies, I know you've just started, but you know what? I, I wish you all the success in the world. It's fantastic what you're doing. And you know what? Keep it up because we need to tell our stories. And that's definitely what you all are doing. And we're back. Yeah. I really love talking to those girls. Like, again, it's all about. But it's all about, you know, like we, we've said. Listen to lived experiences, you know, and so check out their show. They they talk about a lot of stuff, and they're actually they're very educational. You know, you want to talk about listen, laugh, and learn. They definitely got the learn. Yeah, for sure. I liked their um. I forgot which episode it was. The so one about the Cuban sandwich. Oh, with um with a guy in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, it made me want one really bad. I know, me too. Which, by the way, Aldi makes 
these, you know, the Aldi brand. The, the Cuban sandwich potato chips? Yes. How are they? Okay. All things considered, how are they? They taste pickly and mustardy enough that it's like, hmm, I, I get it. You understand what they were going yeah, for. Yeah, I get okay. it. Okay. I get it. I get it. It's not as good as like, you know, dos croquetas, you know, medianoche croqueta that oh. I'm convinced they get a medianoche, they put it in a blender <laughs> and they blend that shit up, then make it the... Fry it. Fry it. <laughs> and there you go. I'm convinced that's what they do. That is what they do. Either that or they're just wizards. So... Bueno, I'm thirsty. Okay. So I'm going to give okay. my last soda to, that's why I showed it to you before we started recording, Canadian diver oh. Pamela Ware. So <laughs> let me older. tell you guys, you know, our listeners about Pamela Ware. So picture it. Tokyo 2020, <laughs> right, but in 2021. <laughs> the diving competition, Right. Uh, the springboard diving competition, yes. the women's, women's springboard yes. diving competition, you know, it's very, very competitive. Yes. Pamela Ware from Canada. And I, I think it makes it even like, I don't want to say the word better, but more like, oh, that it's from Canada. Te da más sentimiento. The, you know, it's Canadians. We love Canadians. They're so polite. Yeah, eh? Um, and she gets zeros. La pobre. <laughs> in her springboard dive because she fell for feet first and then i'm like when i read that i first read it before i saw it i'm like how did that happen right like what well, yeah and then i saw you know i don't know you saw i showed yes, you the video yes, yes. when she starts on the springboard she lo it looks very promising she, like she, she knows what she's doing she knows what she, she's right, doing right, 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 she's right. off you know at least a 6.5 but something happens that she, she just goes up and then she goes bloop, bloop. Down feet first. <laughs> so she had a bad day. <laughs> Not once. But twice. Twice. So I felt really bad for her because it's like, you know, as we know from interviewing, you know, our favorite Olympian, Daniel Leiva. That's right. You know, the the not only the physicality, but the mental state you have to have to compete at that level, I, yeah. can, I can't even begin to imagine. That's why, you know, with Simone Biles and all that, mental health is so important. And, you know, what this poor woman had to prepare to go to the Olympics. Put it off for a year. Yes. To, like, this happened to her. So, you know, I think she at least deserves a soda. <laughs> at least a soda. We're going to give her a soda. So you know what? She can have that soda with poutine when she gets back home Aww. from Tokyo. And you know what? Maybe she can have it with Celine Dion. I think Celine should visit her. I've told you this. I've never understood why poutine has not made it in the U.S. I mean, it's fries, gravy, and cheese. I mean. What's not to love? Cheese curds. What's like, not to love? Succulent gravy. You know, people. Delicious crispy fries. Are we going to have that? At, do they have that at Denny's when we can have, you know, tomorrow on Saturday when, <laughs> when we meet up with everyone? Um, yeah, like, I don't, I don't get it. Why well, it hasn't made it here. But, you know, it should. I agree. Maybe one day. A boy can dream. So, my last soda, it's funny, I'm actually going the Olympic route as well. My last soda is actually more from a, a hometown boy who we'd love to have you on the show. It's uh, Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez, who is also the flag bearer. And Eddie he's Alvarez. only going to be the second person, I think third person in Olympic history to win both a summer games and a winter games. Well, thank you for no. taking away did my I, last soda did thing. Did I steal your thunder? You stole the thunder. But you know that I'm an Olympic I you know, know, historian. I know. But I'll go a little further than that. 
He will become the sixth athlete, or as of right now, he is the sixth athlete in history to medal in both the Winter and Summer Olympics. Uh, he's the first American man to accomplish this since Eddie Egan won gold in boxing and bobsled in 1920 and 1932. No, okay, okay. 1920 Antwerp, 1932 Los Angeles. I wasn't asking, but sure. Yes. Um, so in the Summer Olympics, he he medaled as part of the U.S. national baseball team. And then in the Winter Olympics, he got um, the short track speed skating. So, And he's a local Miami boy. He plays for the Marlins. So... Eddie, if you or someone who knows Eddie is listening to this, we would love to have you on the show. He's awesome. I mean, dude, congrats. Like, vaya, te la comiste. Like, awesome. way to go. You, you know what's funny? That it's like, and man. They're so different, the sports. Man, man, you want to hate him a little bit because it's like, damn, he's one of these people that is just he's good. He's good. At, at everything. Like, yeah. one of these athletes that just, they're good at everything. And his those kid are, is even cute. Those are such two different disciplines, That's right? That's the thing. We're not talking about like, oh, you know. He's a baseball and baseball. softball champion. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> what, what, like you know, or or speed skating and track. Okay, so yeah, like amazing. So Eddie, yep. come cool. on board. Okay, because the Olympics are ending this week. Okay, I have to, I have to say all my whole Olympic thing. All right, that will be my birthday gift to you. Okay, so listeners, I am a big. I think I said it in the last episode. Yes, you did. Um, I am like a big, 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 big fan of the Olympics. Like. I'm not kidding. Like, I collect memorabilia. Yeah. I am a total nerd. I, I watch it all the time. I, a, fr- I, a friend of ours works for NBC Universal and was bringing you stuff every, like, time, every time he would go. Yeah, I yeah. hate him a little bit. He goes to, like, every single yeah. Olympic yeah. Games, and he brings me a bunch of merch. He's my, my you know, my person on the inside. <laughs> so, as such, I know every single Olympic Games in modern history. So, I thought it'd be a treat to our listeners <laughs> if I say them all. I say go for it. Okay. So this, you know, it's all how, this, far, how far back is modern history? 1896. 1896? Go. 1896, Athens. 1900, Paris. 1904, St. Louis. 1908, London. 1912. 1912 always gets me. Stockholm. 19. <laughs> really? They got Stockholm got you like the syndrome? 1916 was canceled because of World War one. 1920, Antwerp. 1924, Paris. 1928, Amsterdam. 1932, uh, Los Angeles. 1936, Berlin. 1940 and 44 were canceled because of World War II. Here we go. 1948, London. 1952, Helsinki. 1956, Melbourne. 1960, Rome. 1964, Tokyo. 1968, Mexico City. 1972, Munich. 1976, Montreal. 1980, Moscow. 1984, Los Angeles. 1988, Seoul. 1992, Barcelona. 1996, Atlanta. 2000, Sydney. 2004, Athens. 2008, Beijing. 2012, London. 2016, Rio. 2020, 2021, Tokyo. 2024, Paris, 2028, Los Angeles, and 2032, Brisbane, Australia. Boom. Who says blondes are dumb? No. <laughs> now, who else can do that? Well, a lot of people can do that, A lot actually. of people, but, but no one in this room. Nobody in this, Nobody room. In this room. Being that yeah. it's just you and I. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that was the learn section. Yeah, oh, of... for sure. I hope you all made flashcards, because that's a learn and it's a half. It's funny, because... My hurdle, like once I get to 1948, London. Yeah, you're off to the races. Yeah, because I always get like 1912. I always got like 1912. It, like that's like the, the 1912s and like the 1920 and 24. Always like I'm like, but once I pass World War II, I'm like, boom. Like, yeah, because you have to remember like the wars and what didn't happen. Like, yeah, there's a lot going on. Like, yeah. Boom. Yeah. So, 
I can name most of the winter games too, but those are a little bit more fuzzy. <laughs> the beginning one, like Cortina d'Ampezzo, 1952. Like, where is that? That's in Italy, dude. Oh, Cortina <laughs> d'Ampezzo. That's one of the most like beautiful villas. Um, that's like the Aspen of Italy. You know nothing. I don't. For having gone to Italy, like I did a tour. You know, I even went to their ski jump. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't jump. Well, I, I assume. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, I would have like, been like goofy. Like goofy. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of. That that skiing with Goofy is like freaking amazing. That's like the best part. Oh, that's on Disney Plus, Yo, right? You know what's it is. Okay. You know what's so funny that like a lot of times when I play certain things for Tristan, I'm like, I can't wait for you to see this. Right. I used to watch this when I was a kid. I start laughing so much that he's like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> and that was one of them because it's great when he when the sound the, the yodeling would start coming out. <laughs> then I would like, crack up and he look at me and he's like. <laughs> that's like i love the cartoon of disney the little short of when chip and dale get in the christmas tree oh with donald duck with donald no with the no it's just mickey pluto oh it's it's mickey and pluto it's mickey and pluto because mickey brings in the christmas tree oh okay and okay, chip and dale a, a lot it. of chip and dales with donald and chip and dale come in it, are yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. and then you know donald it, pluto and you know how i feel about pluto I told totally you I feel about Pluto. No. Okay. Why is it that Pluto sleeps in a doghouse, but Goofy has his own show? Ambition. They're both dogs. <laughs> Nobody cares about Pluto, but everybody cares about Goofy. And I've always been Team Pluto. Always. You know what? Whatever. Name me one memorable Pluto cartoon. You just talk. You just spent like ten minutes talking about Goofy on the skis. The Christmas tree. Eh. It's not as memorable as as the ski slope. <laughs> It's not. <laughs> but I love Pluto. Like, why don't people care about Pluto? I'm not, saying, I'm not anti-Pluto. Listen, I think it should still be a planet. Yeah. You know? Like, Oh, my God. Speaking of that. Okay. So, I know we finished the show, but Tristan it watches a show, The Amazing World of Gumball. Oh, Gumball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gumball is freaking it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah. So, there was an episode the other day where... They fell into like a vortex and they got stuck in the land of things that were bad ideas. <laughs> and the Hindenburg was there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what was there too? Crystal Pepsi? Clippy. <laughs> From Microsoft Word. <laughs> I started to cry. The Betamax was there. <laughs> And then the thing was that Clippy comes out and he's like, how may I help you today? And they like smash him. And I'm like, why did everybody hate Clippy? I Because he was just always there. I don't need that much help with Microsoft. But I love that there was like this anti-Clippy like phenomenon. Like people hated Clippy. And it's like, but why would you hate Clippy? He was so cute. It was just annoying. But it was the land. <laughs> it was the land of things that were bad, bad ideas. ideas. <laughs> Do you watch that show, The Amazing World? I've seen a couple episodes. It's freaking hilarious. It's hilarious. It's a riot because that's one of those shows that like it's they make it levels. for kids, but for adults yeah. too. Because some of the references there just go totally off, you know, yeah, yeah. over his head. But it's hilarious. So anyway, well, everybody, next week I expect some listeners to in our Instagram send us back all the Olympic cities from 1896. <laughs> but you can't cheat; it has to be from hearing it. 
Oh, okay. Yes. So you have homework. Audio. You have to study. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we hope everybody listened, laughed, and learned. I've always wanted the Olympics to be here in Miami, but I mean, if we can't even build, you know, a bridge, imagine building, you know, a stadium, Olymp- Olympic no, Village. Well, everything that has to do with, you know, hosting an Olympics. I'm sure we could just house people in Hialeah. Hmm? And look- Inefficiencies. <laughs> Oh my gosh, like the <laughs> the specifications for like for host cities, it's insane. Like the apartments have to be of a certain like <laughs> No, actually no. You know you know where they could put them in like Fountain Blue? Not the hotel, like the just, community. Because there's a lot of apartments there. I'm just picturing somebody being like, see sí, mija, imagínate yo el edificio si lo tengo renta para las olimpiadas. Los hungarios, no sé, esa gente. No sé, es hungario que está en el chopú. No sé qué es un chopú. Trajeron el pavo ese, no sé. Yeah. Like, that'd be crazy. Yeah, that'd be pretty funny. I would love to see So they could, they could learn Miami's cultural landscape. <laughs> Such as it is. Bueno, everybody, we hope you. <laughs> they could have rowing and canals. Oh, okay. I love it, Rickenbacker. I... Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then there'll be the people protesting the Olympics, and I'll be like, oh, here we go again. You don't want the Olympics. You don't want Ultra. You don't want the youth fair. It's like, you don't want anything fun. <laughs> <laughs> But isn't it true? <laughs> oh, you know, let's get... Mira, I loved, I loved... I know, I know we're, we're whatever. We're a little over... So, I loved when I lived downtown, okay? <laughs> I lived downtown all those years. That Ultra was there. Mm-hmm. And granted, when Ultra was there for, you know, three days. Right. Three days. Out of 365. Right. It was a little bit of a cluster F, like, traffic. Right. Right? It was a, it was an annoyance, yeah. But I always thought, like, oh, isn't it so neat to live in a place where, like, the largest electronic music festival is happening literally right, right. in your front yard? Right. Like, that's the way that I saw it. And it's so funny, the people who will live in downtown and be like, oh, you know, they should get rid of Ultra because, you know, it's so loud. I'm like, you live in the middle of an urban core. You live in the middle of downtown. Like, what did you think you're, you were you're going not to in the see? Mountains. A prairie? Like... <laughs> Like, like, did you think you were going to hear birds chirping in the morning, you know, as you go milk your cow? Well, maybe on the 48th floor you will. <laughs> but, but, but like, seriously, like, people will be like, oh my God, because it's so loud. I'm like, but you chose to live downtown right. of one of the world's biggest cities and the third largest skyline in the United States. Like, did you think? This it through, was yeah. going that you were going to open your window and just ambient music kind of come into your apartment. Well, like, it depends on what stage you were close to. At, well, that is ultra. true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Or like the people be like, Ugh, there's so much traffic because of the arena. Well, you live fucking across the street from the arena. Yeah, the arena like, was there first. Like the arena was there no, because there were people because I lived directly yes, across the arena. Yes, so did. people would be like, oh my god, there's so much traffic here when there is an event. I'm like, well, but you are living across. You, the street. you knew it was you there. Practically live in the arena. You knew it was like, there. It's not like they built it after. It's like, what do you want? And it will be these things that's like, oh, people always complain, always complain about oh, something. Lordy. So que hagan ultra, que hagan la feria, la feria, la olimpiada, que hagan Santa's Enchanted Forest, all of it, all of it, la olimpiada, the Pan Am Games, you know. Whatever, you know, whatever. The, the, the races, everything. The World Cup. Uh, the... All of it. All of it. All of it. I want all of the events to happen on the same day. <laughs> on the same day. All of them on the same day. 
Oh my god, traffic. Oh. We're going to have to take the metro rail. It will probably be the only time it's used. Yeah. Anyway, again, we hope you listened, laughed, and learned. And remember, this was an interesting episode. And remember to grab your patelito, your croqueta, and your cafecito. And join us next week when we say... (laughs) (laughs) Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismael Llano, produced by Ismael Llano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomblaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. 